to the Disney at Work podcast, bringing magical ideas to improve your world from the happiest place on earth. Your host is J. Jeff Kober, author, speaker, and consultant to organizations around the globe that look to bring best of Disney ideas to their workplace. Welcome to the Disney at Work podcast. On this episode, Jeff and I are going to discuss uh, announcements that have been made at the most recent D23 fan event in California. There are a lot of uh, announcements they have made, some which uh, Jeff will discuss as assuming might still be yet to come. But before we start to discuss all those uh, all those amazing details and some really cool things that have been announced, I will bring in my partner in crime, owner and operator of Performance Journeys and DisneyAtWork.com, Jeff Kober. Jeff, welcome. Good evening, David. It is good to talk to you again, and we are um, thrilled to be doing this podcast. We may seem like we're a little behind the eight ball because others have already done podcasts, I will say that our podcast is different this evening because we're not just simply overviewing what uh, has been announced at D23, but we're here to talk about also things that have been previously announced and things that were not announced. And probably uh, the thing that uh, really uh, captured me on this was the fact that talking to some of my sources, they said, you know... There was a good um, half, uh, 50%, uh, maybe even two-thirds uh, of things that were not even announced at D23. So many things were announced. It was very action-packed. It was truly the highlight of the D23 session um, conference. But, uh, but there is a lot more, and there are going to be some things tonight we'll talk about that have not been announced yet that we understand is coming through this. Of course, uh, everything's official when Disney says it's official and nothing changes more than Disney's uh, uh, mind and will. <laughs> but, but we're here to share some things and share some insights and uh, make some sense of it to, uh, to you back home. So let's go through that. And by the way, we're only going to really focus on Walt Disney World, not on the other parks. In fact, Shanghai, Tokyo, and Hong Kong were clearly missing. I think there's a D23 heading to Tokyo uh, in the months to come. I'm sure they're going to do many announcements there. This was, But ours this evening is really just focused on Walt Disney World. And the big thing uh, at the conference was, and where we'd like to start, is the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It was given a name. But more importantly, there was a tremendous uh, exhibit done of an enormous model uh, that was impressive to behold um, and clearly would get anyone excited for this new Star Wars uh, land coming not only to Disney's Hollywood Studios, but to Disneyland. Uh, that is a very exciting thing. Now, what was mentioned at the 23 is that Disneyland's would open before... The studios are would open theirs. I knew that. I was hoping that uh, that would mean that spring would be Disneyland's opening and that summer would be Walt Disney World's opening. Uh, my sources say it's actually fall 
of 2016. Now, I can tell you right now that operations at Walt Disney World wants to put this at summer. They do not want to let it go into the fall before they're open. Um, so if it can happen, it will happen sooner. But right now, my sources are saying uh, fall. So don't, obviously, don't book anything through uh, David's Travel Agency until uh, you hear official word. But know that that's what we uh, understand. I also, uh, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast or in another blog post. This is an enormous operation. The ride vehicles, which were showcased in uh, uh, the exhibit at D23 for the uh, attraction. Uh, what are we calling that second attraction that um, is basically a combat Ride. Is it the Stormtrooper Escape? Yeah, Stormtrooper Escape. Thank you. Those vehicles, they look like they may be something that belongs uh, formally in the universe of energy, but those, you know, they're kind of just theater type looking vehicles. But my understanding is that those are very intricate vehicles. There is a droid that's operating out of those vehicles, and uh, there will be um, a lot of high tech involved with those vehicles of course also a part of that is that that ride attraction is moving to different levels within the building as it goes through the attraction similar to the terminator ride at universal uh, also the millennium falcon ride which everybody's excited to to ride uh i think this was announced previously by myself but there are about 80 simulators that are planned for that attraction so there's a lot of throughput they intend, and if I understood right, there is another Disney site that showcased a rotating, and I apologize for not mentioning the, the website, we'll try to get on the blog post, uh, a rotating kind of system, turntable system, uh, for loading these or for moving these simulators through their paces. And uh, it will be very um, uh, efficient in their model for boarding and getting people onto the, the right system. So these are very exciting systems. I think we're gonna wanna do another post to talk about how this layout of the model fits in Disney's Hollywood Studios. The one we saw was really tailored more to Disneyland, but, um, but it still is, I would say, probably 90% of what you're going to see at Disney's Hollywood Studios. What was surprising is that the great movie ride would be closing. There was rumors earlier about that. I, I did not want to believe the rumors. Um, Mi uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is coming in its place. What are your feelings about this new attraction, David? I don't know. That's got to be a, a, quite an attraction to take over what is one of the staple you know, opening day attractions at Disney's Hollywood Studios back then, Disney MGM Studios. But it'll be very interesting to see whether or not it does take the mantle of being a highlight attraction at that park or if it would be more of a B or a C attraction and without really knowing a lot about it. I mean, my kids like these uh, Mickey shorts. I, I, I don't necessarily thoroughly enjoy them, so it'll be interesting to see who this is geared at and, and kind of what what audience they are, they are aiming for with the, the Runaway Railway attraction. I know that they're keeping the... Uh... Chinese theater facade. I would assume they're keeping the theater inside as the queue. 
I don't think it would be a bad idea if you showed Mickey Shorts old and new uh, from Steamboat Willie to the band concert to Fantasia to uh, to the present in the theater. It would help educate people as to Mickey's heritage and history. I think that's great. Um, I'm a little concerned. Is this truly an e-ticket attraction? The Great Movie Ride was an e-ticket attraction. Uh, is this going to be such? It is in such a signature central location in the park. I would hate to have people think of it in the same way or to see it ev eventually in the same light that they see Navi River Journey. They, you know, a lot of people compare that, think that should be a bigger ride. Are they going to feel that way when they do this? I don't know that they're going to take up the entire footprint of that building, which is an enormous footprint. Uh, will the remainder of that footprint go to something else? Uh, there's lots of questions. Um, one of the thoughts I have is that we have uh, dozens of animatronics inside that attraction. Where are they going to go? Is it possible that the Wicked Witch may look like Kylo Ren? And uh, in the days and months to come, is that maybe part of what's creating this closure of the attraction? I think what's disappointing to me about the Great Movie Ride is that I think if they had kept up the attraction, it would have been um, an attraction you could not have taken apart. Obviously, they've had to pay royalties over the years for the use of things like The Wizard of Oz and other movies. But if they had replaced some components of it, like uh, Alien with a Star Wars component, I think people would have been even more resistant. There still is a very strong queue at any t given time of the day at that attraction. I'm disappointed to see it. I'm also confused how operationally they're going to manage without that attraction because that did have a lot of throughput in it. So uh, big questions on that attraction. Of course, Toy Story Land is coming next year. Um, it was mentioned that it would be in 2018. I knew that it would be in 2018 all along. Uh, when in 2018 remains to be seen. Again, operations is probably wanting it by spring. Mm, can they deliver by then? They're making great progress. Um, but it's difficult to see how far they have to go to having that ready. I know they're going to have to be testing vehicles on the roller coaster uh, at least by January to have an uh, early opening in 2018. Yeah, David. Yeah, I think one of the things that's going to be interesting is I think that a lot of the, with so much new coming to the studios, I think that a lot of these things are going to suffer the curse of comparison, right? Where an example mm. in, in Pandora, the reason that I think people talk about Navi River Journey, and I'm one of them, is saying, eh, kind of a lukewarm feeling is because you're naturally going to compare it to the other attraction in that land, which is Flight of Passage, which is going to be hard to compare. I think when you're putting in Minnie's Runaway Railway, you have to ask yourself, all right, so Star Wars Galaxy Edge, I'm not sure if we said the correct date, it's fall of, of, of 2019, um, but if, if it really happens then, whenever it comes out, I think that people are going to be saying, well, yeah, I could spend my time at that Runaway Railway, or I could be in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And so it could be a fantastic attraction, but the fact that you're going to be comparing it to what we anticipate 
in the Star Wars area is is going to kind of be difficult. And so I wonder um, if they're going to be able to to meet people's expectations with an attraction like that, considering what they're building in the back of the park. And same thing with Toy Story. Toy Story will be great to get new things in there because it will add some more uh, attractions to that park. But then you know, everybody's, you know, the, the other shoe to drop is, is the Star Wars land. And once that once that opens, I mean, that's that's where all the people are going to go. Well, uh, you know what? Comparisons are par for the course. Uh, when you remove something to put something new in it, you are going to get those comparisons. That's just true of any business, mm-hmm. of any organization. And um, uh, they that should be their litmus test for whether or not an attraction should be replaced in something. Uh, so uh, my concern about the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is based on this, they're going on a picnic and then Goofy shows up in a train and then all things go crazy. This sounds a little bit like Mickey's Filler Magic, which is a salute to Mickey Mouse, but really Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's really very little about Mickey, even though it's named after him. Is that the same thing that's going to happen here? It's really a ride about Goofy. It just happens to be named after Mickey and Minnie. So I'll be interested to see where it goes on. Now, all that said and done, there are a great many other things happening at the studios or that may be happening to the studios. Um, one of the things that was announced today was that Baseline Tap House was coming in. That's a, a replacement to uh, what was Writer's Stop, uh, which was a wonderful little uh, nook for grabbing... Um, uh, a drink or um, a snack and maybe doing a little uh, browsing in their book uh, bookstore. Um, that is being replaced by kind of a tap house type concert uh, concept um, with uh, beer and appetizers and will, I think, spill out into the patio area, which then is also been announced today as being Grand Avenue based on Los Angeles in uh, a contemporary sense as opposed to New York Avenue or um, Streets of America. This is now going to be Los Angeles, and it will be a uh, stepping off point to uh, one of the key entrances into uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Beyond that, I think there are many other things that are going on. Um, This summer, I had the chance to see the Pixar Symphony taking place in the Theater of the Stars. Theater of the Stars is where Beauty and the Beast happens. I noticed that they had installed a pretty serious digital screen uh, as part of that show. I can't help but think that this is an opportunity for Beauty and the Beast to at least get an upgrade or maybe even a new uh, show. Um, because uh, that show, which uh, they mentioned in D23, is coming to one of the Disney Cruise Lines. This one's uh, uh, is ready for, for a remodel um, or a replacement, one of the two. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's coming up. A uh, big announcement about Fantasmic and its upgrades at Disneyland. I think that with digital mapping systems and the mountain that we have for Fantasmic, you can bet that there is a Fantasmic upgrade. It may not happen until Disney's 50th anniversary because it's an entertainment offering. But if they were smart, they'd put it in sooner than later because they need it sooner than later. Um, Pixar Boulevard. Big question. What's going to happen to that street as Toy Story Mania, as I understand, is going to move into uh, being entered into uh, from Toy Story Land? 
Uh, is that your understanding, David? Um, that the new entrance for um, Toy Story Mania will happen on the other side of the show building? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what I've seen in, in, in aerial photos that people have, have taken and shown. It looks like yeah. that's where they're building an entrance inside of Toy Story Land, correct? Now, I don't know if that's going to be the only one or if that's just going to be one, but there definitely looks to be an entrance going up in there. Yeah, there is construction of a wing being attached to Toy Story Mania. I assume that's a new entrance. Of course, there's meet and greet that was on Pixar Avenue and other things. Are those going to be something different? Uh, if you look at the Star Wars uh, Galaxy's Edge model, you would have thought that this would have been the perfect place for that central entrance that is on the model. Um, but I've heard from others that there's not really an entrance planned here. It's just from Toy Story Land and from um, what now will be uh, Grand Avenue. Um, so it's a lot of that is yet to be determined, but I would imagine we're going to know something soon about that space. Here's one that really blows me away. There is a wonderful building that is completely not used. Sunset Showcase, which sits next to um, a Rock and Roller Coaster, uh, was used for a club villain activity. Here we are. We're on the eve of going into our Halloween season. Nothing mentioned for Club Villain uh, this year. This is a big space. I don't understand with the loss of operational capacity and the great movie ride, why there isn't a major theatrical attraction or something being brought into Sunset Showcase. That seems like there's something ready to, ready to happen there that hasn't uh, yet happened. Um, what we do know is we've got new Star Wars film coming out in December, so we should be expecting upgrades to Star Wars offerings like the launch bay with its models. Uh, the Star Wars Path of the Jedi should be upgraded as a film. Um, and then also, uh, as we move into 2019 with the new Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, what's going to become a Star Tours? The Jedi training, I assume there's new Jedi training being incorporated into the Galaxy's Edge land. Um, but that these are things yet to be to be uh, showcased or, or mentioned. Um, so you see there's just a whole lot happening to Disney's Hollywood Studios. We haven't even mentioned all the major changes coming to the parking lot and all of that. So big, big stuff coming to Hollywood Studios. Now... Magic Kingdom, we'll go to next. This did not have a bunch of new announcements, but it did have two big, um, high-capacity attractions. Why don't you talk about the first one, uh, David? The first one is probably the one that I'm the most excited about, and that's the uh, Tron Light Cycle roller coaster that's going to be coming in Tomorrowland. And for a while, there was speculation uh, before D23 that this would actually end up replacing the Tomorrowland Speedway, uh, and it looks like, according to the concept art released by Disney themselves, that that's not entirely true. Again, concept art, who knows how accurate it will stay, but according to the concept art released by Disney, it appears as if the Tron Light Cycle roller coaster is basically going to go uh, in that area if you there's that pathway that walks between Storybook Circus and the backside of Spaceship 
uh, of Space Mountain. And in the on that walking pathway, it looks like what will become the entrance to the Tron roller coaster. And then according to the drawing, it still looks like uh, Tomorrowland Speedway, at least in some capacity, is going to be there. And I think this is fascinating. This is by far, I've talked about it on previous podcasts, one of my favorite attractions in any Disney park. Uh, but like you, I have concerns about capacity in terms of throughput. That is not an attraction that loads very quickly because like Flight of Passage in Animal Kingdom, they have to go and make sure they check everybody's restraints in two different places, not just in one like you would normally, you know, check a lap bar on Big Thunder. And so I wonder what the capacity is of that attraction and how many people they'll be able to get through uh, in that area when it's going to suck all of those people over to that side. Well, Big Thunder is a great comparison point because... Uh, you are loading into um, trains as opposed to individual ride vehicles like at Space Mountain. And there are two loading areas so that they can alternate back and forth with each other. That helps the capacity. But like you said, like at the Pandora Flight of Passage, it's a little difficult to uh, get strapped in. And if you're not familiar with the process, it just seems very foreign. Um Still, uh, yeah, very much. Note that, did you know the escalators going up and over the uh, the train? And I, I'm very excited. I'm very excited that they didn't take anything out to make that attraction happen. The other thing that is also going in that's filling into a parking lot um, and kind of in the same area as the new overflow area, overflow path on the side of Magic Kingdom, which would be on the east side of the, uh, the of Main Street at the Magic Kingdom, is a new uh, enter- live entertainment theater based on the iconic uh, Willis Theater in Kansas City, which nobody knew about until D23, but suddenly everybody seems to be an expert on the Willis Theater. But notwithstanding, this is uh, a theater that's been likened to uh, the theater at Disney California Adventure, which now showcases Frozen. They haven't announced a show that will go in there, but boy, uh, this is a high capacity theater. And I think Magic Kingdom needs to add capacity. And if you're going running shows and you're running that ride, I see that you have an ability to bring in uh, a throughput of another 5,000 people every hour um, that you're running shows. So that's very exciting. Now, what is not mentioned at D23? Uh, Stitch. Lots of controversy about what this, how Stitch might be replaced um, by, um, by uh, another IP. Uh, nothing yet announced. Um, some people are saying that they're waiting until the second uh, Pixar or I'm sorry, second Disney animated uh, sequel to uh, Wreck-It Ralph comes out to see if it's worthy of being a replacement to Stitch. Uh, We'll see. We'll see what happens. Also not announced was any new nighttime parade, which is a a big vacancy, as well as festivities for the 50th. Um, you know, there are some of these attractions like Tron being planned for the 50th, but what is the festivity? What are the, what's the celebration for the 50th looking like? And that has not been announced either. Yeah, I was, I was surprised that they didn't announce a new nighttime parade. There was speculation that they were going to get the paint the night parade from Disneyland. But to be honest, I don't necessarily know that they need it to pull people to stay at night. I mean, if you've gone there lately, 
mean, the parks are still swamped at night. There are people lining up extremely early uh, for the Happily Ever After show. And I kind of like it as a guest because then I don't have to, that's just an hour more that I get time to play in the park instead of worrying about, all right, well now instead of setting up 45 minutes before fireworks, now I have to set up, you know, an hour ahead of that to get a spot for the parade. So personally, I kind of like the uh, one less thing to have to worry about getting done. But at the same time, I understand the appeal of a nighttime parade. And that was my big surprise. I was very surprised that they announced nothing because I don't remember the date of when uh, Main Street Electrical Parade left. I mean, it's probably been, what, two months, three months, but that's that's a long time to be without a parade, I'd think, for the Magic Kingdom, but who knows? Well, um, I think good things are headed, but, but certainly they've not been announced. Um, now let's jump over to Disney's Animal Kingdom, which, you know, has already gotten its big plus with not only the whole new Pandora world of Avatar, but Rivers of Light and other nighttime attractions. I think the only thing not mentioned is that there is thought uh, that uh, Zootopia would um, be used to um, redo what has been the conservation area um, uh, that you took the train to. What do we call that? Rafiki's Planet Watch. Uh, Rafiki's Planet Watch. And uh, nothing was mentioned there. Zootopia 2 is coming in 2020. But... uh, so I would say if they're going to do something, it'll be time to that, or it might be an afterword to that. But uh, again, nothing was really mentioned about Disney's Animal Kingdom uh, in this uh, in this uh, recent D23 presentation. That brings us to our fourth park, and this is where really a ton of stuff is going on, and that's Epcot. Uh, let's start with uh, the first attraction, David. What do you think of... Uh, Ratatouille coming. So I'm looking forward to Ratatouille coming partially to get some more attractions in that back half of the park because I still have small kids and so we'd like to go on rides. But I'm excited and it sounds like a silly thing to to care about, but uh, I love the Mystic Manor attraction in Hong Kong Disneyland with the trackless ride system and Ratatouille has that same ride system and so I'm excited to see how they're going to use that in this attraction even though it's most likely going to be fairly similar to the one in Paris. I have not ridden that yet but I'm looking forward uh, to getting something over in that side of property at the park. Um, absolutely. I, it's, um, it's confusing as to exactly how this is all playing out. Um, it uh, whether the film remains has not been exactly expressed. What does seem to be the case is uh, that it's going into an additional space and not uh, occupying the space that the, the current theater is in. So that's good news for those traditionalists uh, who enjoyed the film at, Ep- at, at France. Um it, I think it adds a great element that is going to bring people to the back of that park. Uh, there was also a new China film, which didn't get a lot of mention, but it was announced. And my guess is, is they're doing this in part because they need another attraction like this that uh, creates a great presentation that could be put into maybe Tomorrowland at Shanghai Disneyland. So I wouldn't be surprised after they get their Toy Story Land that they don't get this attraction next. Um, The biggie that was announced there 
was Guardians of the Galaxy. And um, here's what I know about that attraction and what I can bring to the table um, on this one is that uh, the old building, as the artwork shows, a lot of people thought the old building was going to be demolished. The, the old building remains. It is largely a queue area and a pre-show, post-show area is what I understand that to be, which is still, that's a lot of space for that. Most of the ride, if not all the ride, largely happens in the show building that's going to be created behind it. Um, talking to my sources, I simply asked the question, so it's my understanding uh, that they're going with Facoma for doing the uh, roller coaster, and I did not get shut down on that. I didn't get a confirmation, but I didn't get shut down. I think this was mentioned by WDW News today uh, more than a year ago that there might be a suspended coaster coming from uh, the coma for this attraction. I I do believe it is a roller coaster. It is not anything like, this is what I'm being told, it is not like anything you've seen before. Um, so I don't know that it's a suspended coaster, but I believe it's probably a Vacoma. And I do believe, and I'm very, very certain that it is a coaster type attraction. So lots of exciting things there. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy, I was as with everyone else thinking this has nothing to do with Epcot. But after I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout take over the old Tower of Terror at Disney California Adventure, I am a total believer that they can make Guardians of the Galaxy work at Epcot. There is a way to do it if uh, they showcase the picture of, uh, of the lead character in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, having maybe visited Epcot as a kid. So maybe this is about him coming back to Epcot. Uh, who knows? Maybe he's looking for sources of energy. After all, this is the universe of energy. Who knows what it's what they're intending to do there, but uh, I think it's going to be quite good, and I think there's enough imagination to make this not only a fun attraction, but to have some kind of educational, um, inspirational bent to it. So that's my that's my vote in favor of this new change. Um, by the way, this attraction, the Great Movie Ride, which is closing in August. Uh, they just announced today that uh, for pass holders, they were going to move the uh, uh, pass holder date, which is usually the middle of August, back up to the 1st of August. So pass holders are actually now going to be able to, starting on August 1st, um, those who had blockouts, be able to come back to the park and experience this. Um, here's something also that I was very excited about. Mission Space. Uh, are you a fan of Mission Space, David? Uh, I am not really. Uh, just getting inside of that small space and that small little card, I don't care to do the one that makes you feel like you're in zero gravity. And so sitting inside of that, that little box doing the motion simulator when nothing is really happening, eh. I think option orange makes me giggle. I don't know what it is, but I start giggling as I hit those G-forces. Orange, uh, the orange version is going to be present with hopefully a new digitized uh, version of going to the moon. But the very cool thing was the addition of a green option, which they liken to being soaring over the earth, a look at um, what earth must look like from space. I think that's a brilliant idea. And hopefully it will be easy enough that even 
my wife and the uh, David Zanolas of the world can uh, enjoy the attraction still. No talk about what's going on at the exit, uh, but there was talk in the, because that needs to be updated in part, so that um, those interactive games. Uh, what was mentioned was the addition of a new restaurant admission space. Um, and I'm very excited about that. Will it go into that space or will it go on the other side? Hard to tell at this point. Um, but I'm very excited by a restaurant concept that puts you into space, looking out and, and uh, as you're in orbit. So very exciting. Now, not mentioned at D23, and there were a lot of things not mentioned at D23. Um, there is a lot of rumor that Coco will eventually go to the Mexico Pavilion, and based on the response to Coco in the um, animation uh, review, uh, I think Coco's a green light waiting to happen. I don't think it's going to be too long before we see Coco moving over. Uh, disappointing because I love the Three Caballeros. I love that they added an animatronic version. Not sure that that's going to stay. Uh, Journey into Imagination. Nothing mentioned. That was very, very surprising considering that's something that people... I mean, there were you know, people talking and like, you know, support Figment and all these kind of things and assuming that some kind of announcement to Journey into Imagination would come because that... I don't know how long it's been since you've been on that attraction and then have been in the, the, the creative play area afterwards, but that just, it's just disappointing, you know? Now, I mean, I was young when the park first opened, but I remember that area and I'm not expecting it to have been just like that, but the place just looks like it's just sad. It just makes you want to cry that area after that. And if they can breathe some new life into that, uh, and I'm not a fan of the current attraction, I don't, I don't hate it. I just, the current attraction, I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, but I think there's so so many creative things they could do at that space other than, uh, the, you know, when I had mentioned the other non-announcement for the nighttime parade at the Magic Kingdom, this was the other thing that I kept expecting to see on Twitter was some sort of an announcement of something being done to the Imagination Pavilion and nothing. Uh, also no announcement about a new country, though hints of something might be coming. Um, my sources say that if something comes, it will be based on something that includes an IP, um, which people project to be uh, maybe Spain, uh, because I believe this new, uh, what is the new um, Pixar movie based on the uh, giant... Um, do uh, you know what I'm talking about? Kind of a beanstalk. Uh, um, uh, gigantic. Gigantic, yeah. And that was mentioned apparently two years ago at D23 and was not mentioned at all at um, this presentation, apparently. Um, so lots of questions there as to where that's going and what's happening there. But right now, no new country mentioned. Now, Jim Hill mentioned on his podcast uh, the possibility of a Mary Poppins carousel as well as a meet and greet going in at the UK Pavilion. There was a lot of excitement about the new Mary Poppins film coming in. So that may well be. Uh, what it wasn't mentioned also was uh, what's happening with Wonders of Life? Um, where is it going? What 
what was seen but not talked about was the what we refer to as the spine of future world which takes place from the front of the park past spaceship earth into that very center area where the fountains are and then down the path out to world showcase that whole center space they showed an illustration that was very very interesting promised that things were happening and yet uh Hmm, not anything official announced. Now, if you look at the diagram, we'll put this into the uh, show notes. You can see that uh, there's some very interesting things happening in this diagram. The biggest of them is that there is no interventions building or what were the original Communicore buildings. My understanding and my insight is that the roofs are starting to cave or starting to give them problems. And so they... This diagram, this image shows the demolition of those buildings. It's an interesting thing because underneath those buildings are utilidors that support services up above it. Uh, they haven't been too useful other than for um, mouse gears, but you gotta have a place for mouse gears. That's a big shopping area. It's hard to imagine rebuilding another shopping area for mouse gears uh, you do sense something in the upper right-hand corner. Know that there would be, even if you took down interventions, there is going to be a major retail space and it's going to be on the right side as you exit Epcot. There is something of a building on the right side that's kind of seen up there. Maybe that's where that retail area would go. There are other circular buildings down in the foreground of that diagram and... Uh, who knows what those are, but right now there are meet and greets that are still happening. There's uh, the uh, Coca-Cola exhibit where you get free sodas. Um, even, uh, so there, where are these attractions? The other thing that's really compelling is that the center fountain has been taken out and that they've taken the lake area preceding World Showcase, and they've built out that space. And I find that really interesting um, because you might just wonder if what would happen if rather than doing illuminations around World Showcase, they built out that lake and built a smaller lake that or used that smaller space to do a fountain show in that area. Um, this is all conjecture, but if you look at the diagram, there looks like fountains, there's looking like some kind of display in the center. Uh, know that there are huge problems with that lake. Um, there are things called sinkholes in Florida, and in fact, there was a sinkhole between that lake and the Coke Pavilion. Um, what do we call the Coke Pavilion? Uh, American. Well, the the original Coca Cola originally sponsored American the American Adventure Pavilion. No, 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 no. I'm talking, talking about where you the, get the the uh, uh, tasting the area. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, whatever that's called, there was sinkhole problem just last year. So is this part of trying to resolve that, or can they really resolve that? Should they be leaving that alone? Uh, what I do know is this: uh, there was an earlier um, effort 
to redo Future World to make it more park-like. It was called Genesis. Uh, this looks a lot like this. I love it because if you think about it, you have to go to the middle of Future World in order to bridge out and then head back to things like the Living Seas or what is currently uh, World of Energy. In this new diagram, you're able to just quickly go to those spaces instead of being forced to go around it. I love that. I love the park-like look. I think those things will happen. I think inventions will go away. Do I think all the things in this diagram are gonna happen? No, I don't think so. Budget cuts, they be a happening and things get missed. But I do think uh, there is great potential for doing a great many of these things. And, uh, and it's very exciting to Future World as we go. One thing else I should mention from my understanding is that there is a new illuminations being created. It is greenlit and it is a go. That was not announced at D23. I don't know what the opening time is, but I know that it's underway. Don't have a lot of specifics. I just know that it's underway. So that's what my sources are telling me. So that is the four parks. Now let's move on to a couple other areas. First is transportation. Uh, nothing was mentioned about the monorails. We know that they've been trying to make a driverless system for several years now, and we know that there are huge problems with the monorails. I would really like to see a better strategy there. What I do know is they've got a new road system. There are lots of changes being made to the entrance to Magic Kingdom that's going on right now, to Disney Springs area, to the entrance, to the new entrance into Disney's Hollywood Studios. So lots of changes being made to road systems. It looks like a construction zone on so many parts of it, Epcot Center Drive as well. We know that there's a parking lot structure that's being built at Disney Springs. What was announced is the mini van service. With 20, 20 bucks, you think you'd take the uh, mini van service uh, to the parks with your family there, David? Uh, I don't know that we'd take it to the parks, but I do think it's uh, fantastic. We've actually Ubered before as a family, used the Uber or, or Lyft service because it's very difficult if you're staying on Disney property and you don't have a car, it's very difficult to get from one hotel to another for a dining reservation. You're right, you have to go to a park and then transfer. And so it's quite often that we, or if I'm there with a, with a group, that we will jump into an Uber. And so that, I mean, it, you know, especially I think the one nice perk or the one nice advantage that these minivans have is they do have car seats. I believe there's two car seats available in these and the cast members driving them have been trained to properly install them. Uh, you do have Uber family in Orlando that will that has at times car seats, but you're not necessarily sure if those what condition those car seats are in, how many they will have. And so for families, I think this is this is huge because of the fact that it will allow people to transport their kids safely if they need to get to, you know, Pop Century and they need to go to a meal at Chef Mickey's or something like that. Uh, but I don't know how popular it will be among young adults who are used to Uber, and in most cases, Uber would be much cheaper. Um, yeah, and, and by the way, I understand that Uber and Lyft will still be allowed, uh, but what was not mentioned, which... Uh, has been rumored, but um, my sources have also verified it, is they are in the process of testing an autonomous vehicles. And I believe that the minivan uh, service is going to become just that in time. Not in its introduction, but I think in time it will include autonomous vehicles. 
What was announced was the Disney Skyliner gondola connecting hotels with Epcot on World Showcase side and the Disney's Hollywood Studios. That Skyway we mentioned, I mentioned uh, several months ago in a tweet. Um, I think a lot of people weren't believing it back then, but here it is now. What was not mentioned at D23, nor has been mentioned in any others, is that they have also tested out different ways of doing the buses. And one of those concepts is called, for lack of a better term, a party bus. I don't know what the party bus looks like, but I've heard that in testing it, the surveys have been off the charts, that this has been a fun way to get from one place to another in the resort, and that they are going to further um, develop that concept as well. So look for something that showcases the idea of, of uh, kind of a party version or a party bus version to the existing uh, transportation system at uh, Walt Disney World. Moving to the resorts, previously announced were many changes. Uh, Disney's um, uh, Coronado Springs Resort is getting a 15-story uh, uh, tower being put in. Uh, we also know that Centertown at Disney's Caribbean Beach is being remodeled. And of course, much of Caribbean Beach has been leveled. So as to accommodate the new Disney Riviera um, DVC Resort, part of what is justifying the Disney Skyliner coming in. Um, the biggie is Star Wars Hotel. So, uh, David, I think our families would agree we are so getting in this thing. Yeah, uh, when it comes out. Well, and, and, and what's fascinating for those who may not have read anything about this, and it's it's kind of uh, cloudy in terms of exactly what this is going to be, and everybody is, is really excited. But from the best way that I understand it, the initial discussions and then what you and I have talked about is it almost seems like, uh, how do I describe this? Almost like a stationary cruise where yes. it's, it's, a, it's an immersive experience. You will check in, and the idea is, is that you stay in that hotel for two or three days, you don't. That's not that you can't, that you can't leave. That's a different type of hotel, um, you know. But this is a hotel where you you you're intended to stay, and there's this immersive experience, this story that kind of unfolds around you, and you play a role in it. So you feel like you are on uh, a starship or a star destroyer or something like that from the Star Wars universe. But then all of these things happen where you are kind of playing a role in this story. So it's all inclusive. Your meals and, and everything will be included. Uh, but it's not going to be like a typical luxury hotel where you maybe check in there and you go to sleep at night. And then you get up in the morning and you go to the parks and you come back to swim and then you leave. At least not as they've described it so far. It does not seem to be a typical hotel. It seems to be somewhat like a stationary cruise but with a story that takes over uh during your time there and so the initial story that i read was that it would have something in the effect of basically launch date so like you would check in on only certain dates so they make sure that everybody gets the same length of experience so there's check-in on you know monday and check-in on wednesday and check-in on friday so that you're there for the two or the three days whatever it is yeah, let me tell you, this is the beginning of something much bigger. I can promise you that these, there will be at least two Asian resorts getting these hotels by the time we're done. Uh, this is going to be a hot concept. I think it's going to be very popular. I think we're going to see Universal try doing something similar. Um, 
this is big stuff. Now, also not specifically mentioned at D23, but mentioned previously, is uh, the addition of, of new restaurants coming to Disney Springs, the Terralina Crafted Italian, which was formerly Portobello's, the NBA Experience going in where Disney Quest is, Wine Bar George. If you don't know uh, George Miliotis, he is one of the two people who created the uh, Disney California or, um, uh, restaurant on top of the contemporary. Um, California Grill? California Grill. He created uh, the concept of the California Grill and then went uh, along with the head chef to um, Darden Restaurants to create Seasons 52. He's going to have his own wine bar. Haleo by Jose Andres uh, offering Spanish uh, style tapas. A new Wolfgang Puck Bar and Grill restaurant coming in. Um, the Edison, which is a very eclectic club thing, which happens to go on the same site where um, the old Adventurers Club uh, was. It's going to include contortionists, palm readers, DJs, and more. And if you don't know it, there's a tunnel system underneath there that used to take dance. It used to be a dressing room for dancers and performers. Uh, that runs underneath there. I think they're incorporating that space underneath the street as part of the Edison. It's going to be a very cool place. Uh, and then Club 33 has been announced. Uh, that uh, is coming to all four parks. So you can expect new restaurants uh, to be coming in uh, with that. And then finally, uh, the new show. By the way, now I think about it, I wonder if that big circular one of those circular uh, restaurant uh, buildings in the front of Future World might not be part of uh, of a uh, Club 33. But anyway, um, and finally Cirque du Soleil ending its old show this end of the year. They haven't announced a new one. Could they do something Marvel related? That would be really interesting. Um, but we, that's only conjecture. We don't know. But... Uh, but big possibilities throughout the resort. The final one we want to cover uh, is that the Disney Cruise Line announced a seventh ship being created, similar to ships five and six. Uh, that's big news. Uh, Disney Cruise Line is making a major addition between these three ships uh, to its uh, portfolio. Um, and I asked the question of some of my sources, do you think they're going to get rid of some of the older ships? The answer was absolutely not. They are doing so much remodeling and those ships are able to go where the bigger ships can't. It's not going to happen. But that's that's the inside word that I've gotten. Now, what is not mentioned is that when you're building more ships, you got to have more places to go. And yeah. could that include places in Australia or Asia? Absolutely. But they're going to have to do more in the Caribbean and Bahamas. And I believe that they are still shopping for an island. Now, months ago, I was the first to post an article that Disney was looking to buy what was referred to as Egg Island, not very far away from Disney Castaway Key, which, by the way, was named uh, this week as the best uh, private island um, ran by the cruise lines. Not surprising. It is a fantastic experience. If you've never done Castaway Key, you got to do Disney Cruise Line. You got to do Castaway Key. It's so great. But 
you need another island. It would be great if they did an island where they could run a Pirates of the Caribbean style theme, a Tortuga type thing. Um, I think they're in the sh shopping for an island. I think all the Caribbean knows they're shopping for an island, which makes it very expensive to buy an island right now. Um, even if you do it under under a different name, but I believe they are eventually going to acquire an additional island for uh, their guests who are coming to Walt Disney World. Well, and originally they had announced the two new cruise. They'd only announced two new cruise ships, and they had announced them to be coming out in 2021 and 2023. The seventh ship they announced will basically be wedged right in the middle. So we will be getting, uh, assuming they stay on schedule, we will be getting one new cruise ship every year for three years, starting in 2021. So that's just, uh, that's just mind blowing. Mind -blowing. I, I think. Yeah. So it really is, and exciting. It's just exciting. People, uh, I, you know, I feel like I've done, what, four, five cruises. How many cruises have you done, David? Uh, I think seven. Wow. But you know, you know people who are out there in having done a dozen, two oh, yeah. dozen more cruises. I mean, they are out there doing the cruises all the time. This is, this is, uh, this is, this is as big as any theme park experience to people to be able to do the cruise lines and to go to different places uh very exciting so while we've covered a big list we will try to um showcase some images on our disney at work website we'll also include some souvenirs for your organization i mean this has been largely about just getting people in context to uh other kinds of topics we'll talk about on at Disney at work, but we started the year identifying five key stories for the year. Pandora was one of them and so forth. The uh, changes uh, with the addition of a new water park was one of them. We did not anticipate the degree of announcements coming out of D23, and this probably tops just about everything. And yet there's so much more that wasn't even mentioned or discussed during D23 that's even either been previously announced or is yet to be announced. So this is, there is huge investment going on right now at Walt Disney World for people who felt two, three years ago, oh, you're throwing all your money to Shanghai and elsewhere and you're not spending your money at Walt Disney World. Well, that has changed, hasn't it? Well, and I and I think the, the best way to put this when, when you and I were first discussing all of these changes you put it away that it is probably the, the best way I can summarize this. People are continually uh, asking and, and saying, when are we going to get a fifth gate, which is what theme park people call a fifth theme park. And when you think about it, all of these announcements, and you were the one that put it this way, Jeff, all of these individual announcements may not seem like massive amounts for each of these individual parks. But in reality, if you were to lay all of this out on a list like you just did, we're basically getting a fifth theme park just split up amongst, and that's just what the announcement they announced at D23 in the middle of July. They've basically announced the equivalent of what would be a smaller fifth theme park. It's just done so in all of the spread other out. theme parks, you know, spread out among the other four existing theme parks. 
I mean, it's a it's a massive amount. I mean, it really feels like once we get to, you know, 2018, maybe the end of 2018, for the next five, six, seven years, it's just going to be nothing but new change, new change, new, new, and just all over the place. And I mean, I think that's fantastic. You mentioned Universal potentially trying something uh, like the Star Wars, uh, you know, luxury resort. Can you imagine how much mon- money Universal would be printing if they made a Harry Potter resort where you could spend the night in a Hogwarts castle or in something like that? I mean, it would just be it'd just be a phenomenal experience and people would flock to that just as much to be able to be part of, you know, hunting he who shall not be named and casting spells with their interactive wands inside of Hogwarts or something like that. And it just, the, the, the competition that that creates, I mean, Disney has basically, you know, thrown down their, their first play and say, here's our hand. What do you got? And I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And to that effect, um, they announced that the, the roller coaster, a Wizarding World of Harry Potter at um, Islands of Adventure is going away in lieu of a new Harry Potter attraction. The reality of it is, David, this is not about Universal. I right. Mean, it is. It is clearly throwing cannon blasts broadside at that theme park, and they're going to do, and they're going to volley back in the same way. The casualty is not Universal. The casualty is where is Sea World in this conversation. The casualty is where are all these other minor parks Mm -hmm. in this conversation? Because attendance will continue to build, not just at Disney. Attendance will continue to build at Universal as well, but it will go down elsewhere. And that's where it becomes um, a a big flag of concern uh, for other really, really good attractions. But good is not enough. Great is everything. And... uh, and so, uh, anyway, on our Disney at Work website, look for the souvenirs that can be applied back to your organization because there's some real lessons that we're going to share in this um, from this podcast, but also share in future podcasts to come. I also uh, will have a couple other things on D23. I did an article about uh, whether celebrities are more important at D23 than paid guests and that's already up there uh it states uh, a perspective that needs to be reshaped in certain corners of disney that is a departure from how walt disney would have ran his operation so take a look at that uh we may even uh take on this pirates of the caribbean controversy with the uh, redheads i've got some thoughts about that having attended that session where marty sclair was booed and and cheered and so uh, we may take that on too but there's so many things to talk about so many things so stay close please subscribe to this podcast please uh join us on facebook uh where we will announce these things as as they're going along disney at work on facebook please visit our disney at work website check out our books uh we the fun thing at d23 was got to do a, a signing for the Annette Funicello Research Fund uh, in uh, with my uh, new uh, Disney book, uh, Disney Leadership um, and You. And, uh, and I'm excited for the formal uh, premiere of that book in the next couple of months. And uh, just exciting, fun stuff heading our way. And uh, we appreciate uh, you listening. 
All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us once again on the Disney at Work podcast. Uh, Hopefully we've been able to keep you up to date on not only what announcements were made at D23, but also some announcements that uh, maybe you'll have heard about first here when they are announced in the future. Thank you very much for joining us. Have a good night. Have a great evening. 